Welcome to That 80 Show, the show that identifies as Sonny Crockett. Um, if we're looking about gender politics, I'm Sonny mm. Crockett. That's, that's who we are on That 80 Show. I think that works for both of us. How are you, Dory? Oh, Paolo. You know, when we start a show with some cheesy country rock, I'm good. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, big panic. Big panic here yeah. at That 80 Show headquarters yesterday afternoon. Oh, my word. Dory and I had a guest lined up. Mm. was going to take up a good half hour of the show and scheduling conflicts these days mm. couldn't, couldn't make it so we're like, oh god what are we going to do we've got to fill up half an hour we don't How have time are we going to be able to talk shit for an extra half hour <laughs> <laughs> but the 80s and one person in particular always provides because Dory you had started telling me early in the week one of our favorites yeah. huge favorite of the show huge favorite of mine in my life mm-hmm. has released a new album so I said oh do tell me more so I go down this rabbit hole. So you're going to tell us about the new song. Was it an Eddie rabbit hole? <laughs> oh my God. You're a nightmare. <laughs> that is literally a nightmare. That is literally people will wake up in a cold sweat talking about that. That is a nightmare. <laughs> so I go down this Eddie rabbit hole <laughs> to discover his new music, mm-hmm. which then leads... Not, not Eddie rabbit. To no, be not any, not our favorite. Who yeah. saved the show? Who saved the show? saved us he saves the day whether he's in a car or in his trunks he yeah. saves the day and he saved that 80 show so you're going to tell us about the music and all you have to then do is go hello google david hasselhoff news search and my god do things appear <laughs> it's glorious so first let's get into the hoff's new song slash album yeah should we play a bit of the song i got it yeah let's play a little bit you'll recognize it it's a remake that is the passenger you'll recognize iggy pop did it originally yeah yeah quite i mean it's it's had it's had a couple of renditions over the years but it was originally iggy yeah i think it's one of those songs it's like a great american songbook type of stuff right it's like these American songs that are just standards, right? Yeah. So the music video of this is glorious. I've got to tell you. <laughs> Moody black and white, form noir. <laughs> I, I kind of like it, of course. Oh, my God, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. David Hasselhoff. He, he, he somehow doesn't fit it, though. Because David Hasselhoff. Is a surfer. Ve- well, no, I went the other way because he's vehicular once again, yeah. but he's in a bus. He's a passenger, of course. That's the of name course. of the song. It's and, very literal. And David Hasselhoff in leather getting in a bus, right? Amazing stuff. Yeah. And not a talking car. This is, I mean, you know, come on, yeah. Hoff. But anyway, yeah. he doesn't want to typecast himself, I suppose. <laughs> He's moved on. <laughs> and um, very moody, very form noir, black leather jacket. But David Hasselhoff just being the Hoff, just amazing. So, yeah. Have you done any research into, have you delved deeper into the story? I did not go down the Eddie Rabbit hole myself. Oh, sorry, glorious, glorious. So firstly, let's finish off on that song, right? Okay. Is that, um, that song is obviously Iggy Pop, who, I mean, he is, I mean, mean, what do you say about Iggy Pop? I mean, that is one of the... There's some great videos of him online with his parrot, or not, sorry, cockatiel. He has a cockatiel. (laughs) Oh my God. It's so they're so funny. Okay, right? Yeah. So, yeah. firstly, so Iggy Pop 
does the original version of The Passenger. The lyrics of The Passenger were based on, uh, loosely based on a Jim Morrison song, a poem, a Jim Morrison poem, right? Hmm, okay. So with artistic. On the original version of The Passenger, guess who collaborated with uh, Iggy Pop? David Bowie. Jim Morrison? Oh. David, David Bowie, right? <laughs> Who right. who did piano, organ, and the backing vocals? The na 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 na. That's da- uh, David Bowie. Hmm. But all this artistic integrity means nothing unless the Hoff is part of it, right? Of course. So here's the tweet. I'm going to read you the tweet that announces his new album. Yeah. David Hasselhoff at David Hasselhoff verified on Twitter, June 25th. He posts here. So happy to be sharing new music with you. My new single, The Passenger, is out. And you can pre-order my new album. His new album comes out on September the 3rd. You know what it's called? I've just seen what it's called. <laughs> Not a joke. <laughs> so funny. Party your hassle off. <laughs> party your hassle off. It's even got a hashtag. It's even hashtag party your hassle off. We've got to get that trending. <laughs> oh my God. That is beautiful. <laughs> He is so self-aware. It is he is like a piece of performance art, David Hasselhoff. Because obviously, there's the meme part of your Hasselhoff. I mean, it's been around for ages. So he's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna own. Anytime people want to make fun of me, I'm gonna own it. He is a genius. He is a. Oh, comedian. he has made so much oh. money being made fun of. He doesn't care. He couldn't care less. He couldn't no. care. But he's not just making money out of album sales. No, 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 no. Part of your Hasselhoff. I mean, what's that gonna go? Quadruple platinum, diamond. What? What's well, the highest in Germany for sure? Oh, I mean. So speaking of Germany, he's a huge celebrity. We we know this, yeah. and you think yeah. it was just the eighties. He's actually huge. He's always been huge in Germany. Germany, everyone like the whole world. Got to get vaccinated. Got to get vaccinated. You know, trying mm. to encourage people. I'm not going to get into the politics of that, but you know, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. If you're if you're that mind, mindset, if you're German, you go. Well, we need star power. To get people vaccinated, footballers will help Who us. Who are we going to call on? Who are we going to call? So, a video pops up <laughs> earlier this month. This is where this rabbit hole takes me. David Hasselhoff standing in front of a beautiful mansion. I imagine he only has mansions, multiple mansions. Palm trees in the background. Take a listen to this. If this does not work, if you're an anti vaccine, we don't have to get into politics. I don't know. You got. You may change your mind a little bit after listening to this encouragement. What I'm looking for is uh, to get life back to normal. Is the freedom, the freedom, to get vaccinated and to go around the world. The most important experience of the pandemic for me is death. It causes <laughs> death. Get vaccinated. The advice I can give to everyone in America and to the world into Germany is get vaccinated. Top you stuff. You can too. You can too. Top stuff there from the Hoff. I, I dropped in on him. Paolo, I, I, I'm currently staring into my little crystal ball right now. And I'm seeing into a future when Joe Biden is no longer president. Oh, and well, Kanye West is no longer president. And The Rock is no longer president. And The Rock is no longer president. The Hoff is going to be president one day. He will. Of the world? Because you're quite <laughs> small there, though. You've just gone America. Like, I don't know. And Maybe uh, president of Germany. Oh, my God. 
and you know, <laughs> obviously he drops in a few things there. He said, "I'm talking about freedom." <laughs> you know, his hit song. That, that's what made me think. Mm, mm, I know where this man is headed. That that video is beautiful because he's in a tight shirt, and uh-huh. he shows his guns where he's been vaccinated. Yeah, I mean that must have taken adamantium needle <laughs> to get through the hop skin. But are we done, Dory? Are we done? Because Hasselhoff now rules Germany. Now, recently, he showed up on South African YouTube pre-rolls, because I don't want to say screens, because he watches TV anymore. He showed up on South African YouTube pre-rolls. He in did, indeed. A chicken licking ad. Now, a little surprise I got for you, Dari. Yeah. Um, we'll be speaking to some of the people. I'm announcing first, I haven't even told you. We're speaking to some of the people involved in that ad. I don't really care for how they made the ad. I want to talk about Kit, and I want to talk about their meeting with David Hasselhoff. So, of course. Obviously, it's a chicken licking ad. They got a kit, a kit car that is not really... You know, there there are. It is not a perfect form replica that you could have bought yeah. on auction. Mm-hmm. And in it, David Hasselhoff is makes an appearance towards the end of the, the ad. You know, good sport loves it. Yes. There is some what we call ancillary content, shoulder content that comes out of the ad. Again, in this video, once you go down the rabbit hole, David Hasselhoff news, you find David Hasselhoff vaccination Germany. David Hasselhoff speaks Zulu. Right. <laughs> so once again, this is shot. Looks very much like the same house, uh, but now we're by the pool. The same house that was in the Germany uh, vaccination ad. He's now moved down poolside. Amazing! It's got a grotto. It's got everything. I mean, what are you, what are you talking about? It's David Hasselhoff. The pool probably opens, and you go to an underground there. Of course. He's standing in. He's wearing very much a Michael Knightish type um, outfit. Got a very nineteen eighties cellular telephone. And it goes a little something like this. Hello, this is Kit. I'm a little preoccupied at the moment. Leave a message after this. Hey, Kit. <laughs> it's Michael. Look, I know you haven't been returning my calls, and I hope you are mahala to talk soon. Look, I know things have gone a little mazanzi between us, but I miss you, man. Look, I know that you're probably still staying shoshaloza and that you're a mandla, okay? But, um... Call me, man. I mean, things have been a little calicata without you. Call me back, buddy. It's Michael. Sharp, sharp. <laughs> that is amazing. What, what are we amazing. talking about here, Dory? This is amazing. You know, there's a comment on YouTube under the the, the song, The Passenger, which just sums this whole thing up, which is like, was going to say the Hoff is back, but we all know he never left. See, you see. That's it, dude. That is it. My God, I I love him. I love him. Like, I loved him as a kid. Like, you cannot understand how much I loved Michael Knight, right? I loved Michael Knight. I loved Kit. I I was nuts for that, okay? Very borderline. If there was a crossover between the A team and Knight Rider, I would have. I would. Oh God, I can't even as an adult think about that now. I'm like, I can't even. I can't even comprehend such a thing, right? That's how much. But I love Michael Knight, and then obviously we realize, okay, he's David Hasselhoff. He's an actor. This and all this, and then he embraces his cheesiness and he embraces the meme that he's become, and he's just played. I, I love him. What's not to love? Oh God. And I stole my claim to fame. I saw him in London. He mm-hmm. was the MC for the Cannonball Run launch from London to Japan. I saw him. 
in the distance, but he was there. I was in this, I was breathing in the same airspace as David Hasselhoff when you could do such a thing. You know, now mm. no, David Hasselhoff. Oh, he's he's been jabbed. He's got a jab. I'll breathe in this airspace. That's cool. Oh, what a glorious David Hasselhoff rabbit hole. I feel like eating a hamburger on a floor and rubbing <laughs> myself it's in suntan oil. Okay, so. <laughs> David Hasselhoff saved that 80s show and uh, not for the first time coming to the rescue. Back on that 80s show, just having taken a little Tom Hoff uh, speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow, I can see what's going on with this show. I swear to God, I did not prep that. That just came out of my mouth. Like something Mm -hmm. takes over, Dory. I did not even prepare that. It just popped out. Right, right. Okay, okay. Movie time. You had another panic this week about movies, Dory. You're like, oh, did I review this movie? What's happening? What's happening in the world? Well, Paolo, as we have alluded to in the past, first of all, I'm older than you. This is no secret to anyone. And my brain does not work like it used to. You know, <laughs> if the 80s was your heyday, you're, you're getting on in years. And my memory is <laughs> really bad. And at some point, we kind of realized that we're going to need to keep track of which movies we do because we don't want to necessarily repeat. And there's enough movies that mm. we don't have to repeat. You know, we're not going to mm. run out. No, sure. I mean, we probably will eventually. But <laughs> talking like 20 years down the line. Mm. Well, well. At that point, we just start making up movies. Like, who's really going to know? <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? So you put a document together, but we didn't do the document from the very beginning. No. And we, and I mean, that document was half made on memory, right? Like, hmm, what movies have we done? Oh, let me think kind of thing, right? Yeah. And um, so that document is not, it's not complete, let's say. Well, you we're pretty bad at remembering to keep updating it. That's what I'm going to say. Your first floor here is relying on me for admin. I mean, it's, it's not even, I can't dare touch Excel. It's the Google version of it. But even that, I'm like, it's more like a kiddies version of Excel. I'm like, oh no. But so that's that's a massive flaw in your strategy. So I, I had an idea. I was like, oh my goodness, have we done this film? Because I, I, I'm kind of in the mood for something light this week. You know, I often... Nice. I often bring the, the darkness and the heaviness this week i bring the light so i'm like oh oh I, I don't know if we've done this i don't know if we've done this and then i went and found the doc and i was like oh paolo's done this movie you've done it already which was space balls right what a great film right what a great film you did it i vaguely remember you doing it it's, like, it's okay, cool. one okay. of the hall of it's famous been, it's one of the hall of famous i mean what a great film and i hate star wars but i love space balls so I thought, okay, fine, I can't do that. And then I thought, oh, 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 wait, what about this one? And I did a search in the doc and it didn't come up, which does not necessarily mean we haven't done it. <laughs> it ah, might just not be in the document. Right. <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway. If we've done it, sue me. <laughs> I literally in cannot. This, in, yeah, you literally cannot. It's in the same vein as Spaceballs because let's talk about – Let's talk about parody films, Paolo. In the 80s, there was like two parody film camps, let's say. Let's call them camps. You had Mel Brooks. And camp was a did. big and camp was a big part of parody films, <laughs> funny enough. <laughs> they are very camp indeed. Mel Brooks, who did Spaceballs, I mean, he he's a genius. Do you know he's still around? 
I, I thought, oh, yeah. is Mel Brooks still with us? He is. He's 95 or somewhere around there. He, cause he is I re- still with us. I remember he was like in Curb Your Enthusiasm, playing himself yes, like in his exactly. late 80s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He is still around, which is awesome news. So he did Spaceballs. He did a, a few other films, which I'm not even going to mention them because at some point we'll probably discuss them. But then the, the other camp, which sounds a bit like a law firm, Zucker, Abrams, and Zucker. We haven't done this range of movies. Outstanding <laughs> call. Outstanding. <laughs> so, I mean, I think we've mentioned them in the course of the show. Yeah. But Zucker, Abrams, and Zucker, who are Jim Abrams and then David and Jerry Zucker, who are brothers, made, I mean, let me, see, let me read you what it says on Wikipedia. Specialized in writing slapstick comedy films during the 1980s. I mean, that's their claim to fame. That is what they are known for. And it was such a unnecessary influence on young me. You know, I mean. <laughs> was like, it? it oh, I suppose it was necessary then. I suppose it was necessary in my development. I mean, I gorged those films. I mm-hmm. absolutely gorged them. Anything in a spoof or parody genre. Because once you had success, everyone goes, well, we want our own version of that and everyone started making them. Yeah. And they were, and also what it does is that then you're watching the comedy because your parents let you watch the comedy because they go, oh, this must be funny. It's super inappropriate. Yeah. But it leads you onto the source material and you start going into like, oh, what movies are they parodying? At the same time, I was reading Mad Magazine. I started reading Mad Magazine from six years old. Mm -hmm. So I have this (laughs) development of the whole world is surreal. And then when I go out there, I go, but people just aren't making inappropriate jokes all the time and sight gags. What is like, this? How boring is, is real life? Real life sucks. So, <laughs> so then I go into my own universe, but a very, yeah. a very crucial part of my development, this genre of movie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're known for, I mean, airplane, Airplane's a classic. I think we've probably mentioned it on the phone on the show at some point. Done airplane. Um, no, naked no, gun. No, listen, airplane was the yeah. f- was the first sort of eighties type. Yeah, it came out in nineteen eighty. It's a cut yeah, film, right on it's there, literally right? Literally right there. I mean, look, they did do a movie before that in nineteen seventy seven called the Kentucky Fried Movie, which I have not seen. Well, that sounds oh, that sounds like it'll be terrible. To be honest, it could go either way, right? <laughs> so you know, airplane. Sad mm-hmm. as I am, I still quote it to this day. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't call me Shirley. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And then the the scene where Leslie Nielsen arrives. It was is it Leslie Nielsen? No, it's not. It's um, uh, it's Michael Douglas, mm-hmm. Kirk Douglas. No, who's who plays the guy now investigating on the ground and the ground controller? I'll tell you now because I'm going to just quickly check. Because now obviously the but plane's lost control. Leslie Nielsen, Robert Stack, Lloyd Bridges. I think it's, it's, it's Lloyd Bridges, Bridges right? So yes. Lloyd Bridges now comes in. He's going to be at ground control. He's not going to control the thing. And as he walks in, he says to the guy, one of the assistants, tell me everything that's happened up until now. And he goes, well, <laughs> there was a big explosion and the planets were formed. <laughs> Rambles on through the history of time, and in the middle, I no one's listening that. to him, but he's in the background. And then Princess Charles wore Princess Diana's dress. He just put it on and walked right through the town. I couldn't believe it. 
Airplane's great. It's not the movie I'm talking about today, but it's great. The Naked Guns, we know, great. Then you get into the 90s, and these filmmakers were involved with Hot Shots. I mean, Hot Shots oh my God. was brilliant. Did I love Hot Shots. Iconic, Hot Shots is so great. Iconic scene is when he's um, Charlie Sheen's character is just yeah. shooting at everyone, and they have the random violence calculator next to him. It yes. just tallies all these movies that he's now overtaking as the most violent. <laughs> great film. But the movie I'm talking about today is probably their other most well-known film from the 80s. A little film called Top Secret. Now, we have done Top Secret. I'm sure we have. <laughs> but we will do it over and over and over again. <laughs> I have new factoids, okay? Of course. So it's okay. I have new factoids about Top Secret. <laughs> over to you. And you're not so secret anymore, top secret movie review. Okay. All right. Well, if we've done it, I'm not going to like dwell on the plot. No, no, Dory. It's just ridiculous. If we had done it, if we had done it, we've done it over a year ago, you yeah. know. So, so just treat it as if it is new. Okay. Well, I mean, the, the plot is actually quite ridiculous. I'm not going to actually go into it too much, but essentially top secret is set in a kind of in inverted commas post-war Germany because it almost looks like it's still during like the Nazi regime. So it's supposed to be post-war, but they present it like Nazi Germany. Yeah. And our protagonist, Nick Rivers, played by Val Kilmer, is this American rock star who's coming to perform <laughs> at a concert in East Germany. A whole lot of shenanigans. I'm not even going to go into it. Lots of shenanigans involving scientists and submarines and army people. I mean, it's just such a great film. If you haven't seen it, just damn well go and watch it. I, I have no idea where you can watch it, but just find it and watch it. But apart from the fact that it is, I mean, it's, it's just that typical parody humor where, and just a silliness, silliness. And my favorite scene, there's a scene where there's this giant statue of a pigeon, giant <laughs> statue and you see people floating down like flying down and pooping on the on the statue <laughs> just silly little things like that it's kind of mad magazine-ish as you were saying you know like just these little little details my, my I, I love and the, the the two bits i love is the one mm. where they're all disguised as cows and yes. invariably you know cows yes. get amorous with one of them and <laughs> They are hiding out in a safe house and somebody throws a hand grenade through the window yeah. and one of the guys to be a hero jumps on the hand grenade, but everyone else around him blows up. <laughs> it's oh just more wrong. I mean, just so much of silliness, just ridiculousness. Val Kilmer's first role? Val Kilmer's first film role. And never mind that, I bet you didn't know this about the movie, Weird Al Yankovic considers it his all-time favorite movie. I have been doing, for some reason, Weird Al Yankovic keeps spiraling into my world lately. I don't know what it is. <laughs> He's, mm. um, it doesn't, it, zero surprises me. Zero. Mm. I mean, it makes sense. If you think about it, if this is his all-time favorite movie, it probably inspired him to do parody as his career. Because that's know, what he did. I was actually reading about um, Weird Al Yankovic. Some of his spoofs are performing better, still to this day, spoofs of 80 songs that he did, perform better than the originals and hmm. it, it generate more hmm. plays and things like that. And um, Which is crazy because you've know, you got to remember, this guy spoofed Thriller, he spoofed Fat, he spoofed Like a Virgin, Fat Bad, 
He spoofed Like yeah. a Virgin. So he spoofed mm. some massive songs and some of his songs are doing, they do better today than, than their source material. That makes sense though, because you know, there's that whole novelty factor. And I guess like you've got younger, the younger generation coming and they're not necessarily going to like the older songs, but they'll find the, the spoofs. Mm, mm. Yeah. So surpri- not surprisingly, Top Secret was actually a bit of a box office flop at the time. Of course. It didn't actually do that well because it did come after Airplane, which was a huge success. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> now, David Zucker, one of the writers, directors said, the lesson we took from Airplane was just fill up 90 minutes with jokes and you have a movie. With Secret, it's very funny, but it isn't really a good movie. It didn't have a plot or real characters or real structure. Now, personally, that's what I liked about it. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like, just a series of skits. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't really matter. Yeah. It, I wasn't going, oh, what's going on in the storyline? I didn't care. It was just hilarious. But um, this took me down a bit of a Val Kilmer rabbit hole. Sorry, Eddie rabbit hole. And um, <laughs> did you know that Val Kilmer's health is really not good at the moment? I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to say that he's losing his eyesight, but I think I'm confusing it with the movie he's in. But yes, yeah. I've heard that he's had health problems for a very long time. Yeah, so... In 2015, he um, they found a tumor, and he would, at first denied. He was like, "No, no, no, I don't have a tumor. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine." Then it turned out that he did have can- some sort of cancer, and he quote experienced a healing of cancer in 2017. He said that he he was healed. So he had had some sort of cancer, but he had managed to kick it. Um, and then. Um, the Hollywood Reporter actually revealed in December 2017 that Kilmer had gone through a two-year battle with throat cancer and that it had a procedure on his trachea that has reduced his voice to a rasp and rendered him short of breath. Okay, So he basically has no voice now. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, so I knew knew he was losing something. Okay, so that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, so he has no voice now. But worse than that, listen to this, last year – he, there was a whole thing about how he's now been cancer-free for four years, but he can no longer eat. So he has to use a feeding tube. Oh, no. Isn't that terrible? I actually feel so sad. It, it is. It's like a really horrible way to live. You know, it is terrible because, you know, jokes aside about Val Kilman, and I know people are mean about him, but, yeah. you, you know, I loved Top Secret, and then he was Batman. So yeah. it's like this guy, I, I mean, I two of my favorite movies involved him. So, you know, and, and so it's, it's terrible to hear about that. And I mean, he was in Top Gun. He, he might not have been a likable yes, character, yes, but he yes. was in Top Gun. He was in Willow, which is a great film. One of my, one of my favorites. What, what movie was He's that? Done some re- what Willow. Mo- Willow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Willow. I mean, he, he was in, he was Jim, Mar- Jim Morrison in The Doors. Oh yeah. Jesus, forget about that. Yeah. And he totally methoded Jim Morrison. Yeah. He's done some great films. He's done some bad films, but he's done some great films. Wonderland, which was uh, a film from 2003, was a really good film. I don't know if you ever watched that. Yes. That was very good. Shame. That's terrible Um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, one of my favorite films. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He was in that with Robert Downey Jr. Great. I mean, he's done some amazing things, but like now it's his career. It's over. And I don't know how much longer he's going to survive. That sounds like he's, he's not in a good state. No, no, that's terrible. And the thing is, he's not that old. He is only 61. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. that's terrible news about Val Kilmer. I know. I'm sorry to. So, you see, I, did, I brought the light and then I brought the darkness. But that's good. It's very balanced. Anything you want <laughs> on that 80s show, you'll get the full spectrum. So, you know what? I, I've almost. You, you said some movies there that goes, 
I think not as a review. I think we need to talk about the Top Gun series at one stage. OJ yes. Simpson's super problematic. Uh, <laughs> maybe we skip him. Um, but yeah. then uh, you mentioned another name there that I've been mm. wanting to review that movie for a while. Hmm, interesting. So, but you know what makes me sad about spoof movies is that, listen, there is no space for political correctness in spoof movies. Yeah. It is. It is. Everything is open season. And unfortunately, you just can't make them now, you know. Um, I think I don't think people That's are that clever to to do parody. I don't know if if parody is like a lost art, but I, I you just couldn't get away with a spoof now. Or if they do them, and I have seen some, I suppose maybe you maybe outgrow it. Maybe in a way you've outgrown the humor. And if you had a watch, Top Secret and Naked Gun, as like if I'm. F- like in my forties and the eighties, go wow! That is such banal, childish nonsense. But because I was a child, I was like, wow, this is amazing stuff. And now, I suppose because I'm an older, watching stuff, maybe, an older child, an older child, maybe it doesn't because resonate don't with pretend me. Pretend you've grown up. Oh, listen, I am all in my feels because I'm waiting for He-Man Revelation to come out. I mean, that is just the biggest <laughs> one. On the, on that, on that, I just want to throw something out there. So, if you don't know, He-Man Revelation, Kevin Smith doing an animated re- reappraisal. It's actually a, a follow-up of the He-Man series from the 80s. And um, the trailer uses Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so then, because I'm a nerd, I look at stuff. Guardians of the Galaxy, there's a new Guardians of the Galaxy video game coming out and there's a trailer for it. Guess which song they use? Bonnie Tyler again. Bonnie Tyler holding out for a hero. And then I forget the third thing, but also all released, all released within two-week period, so they must not have known each other. They're all working on these things at the same time. Third thing, I think it's also a movie or TV show trailer using Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler. How much money is she making right now? <laughs> it's actually crazy. Three things at the same time. So they're obviously all in production together. And um, and uh, so they don't know. So everything all releases. And imagine as soon as, because I think the, the He-Man one dropped first. Everyone else was like, oh, God damn it. We thought we had it. Who's going to remember that terrible 80s song? Who's ever going to remember What do you mean? That's, that's a terrible. great 80s song. That's Don't the, call it terrible. That's How what rude. They were saying the millennials and the Gen Xs, the Gen Zs, right. for them, the children. Right. That's what they were saying, not us. We go, oh, what an amazing song. I love we that We know song. it's an amazing song. Oh, and it's been in multiple movies. So whenever you need a hero in a movie, they play the song about waiting for a hero. Serendipity, Dory. <laughs> Do I have a movie for you? Oh, I can't wait. Oh, my word. Do I have a movie for you? We're talking about movies I was obsessed with as a kid. And I loved parodies. Mm -hmm. I loved Mad Magazine. But I also had a thing for Greek and Roman mythology. Okay. Did you know that about me, Dory? I did not. I loved it. I loved it. The Roman Greek gods, I was all over it. Every book in the school library, that's where I'd go straight to that section and I'd take out the stories. I loved it. So, imagine my surprise when as a kid, this movie came out a little bit earlier, but right in my peak, like 1988, 89, 90, 1990, I discover this movie that sort of covers, goes, oh my word, this is the first time I'm actually watching a movie loosely based on the stories that I've read and all this comes to life. I don't okay. think I've ever 
watched a movie with Laurence Olivier. <laughs> <laughs> but I did with this. Also starring Ursula Andress. Oh. Mm, gorgeous. Speaking of gorgeous. Yeah, starring his first role, Mark Hamill. L.A. Law. And Lisa Rinna fame. What is, what's your thoughts on Mark Hamill? Mark Hamill? Gorgeous. I don't, I mean, yeah. All is good looking. All is good looking man. All is good looking man. The movie I'm talking about, very, very contrary to a lot of the, No, it's not contrary because it's actually been voted as one of the cheese classic movies, a movie that it took itself very seriously, but it was super cheesy and people love it, is a movie called Clash of the Titans. Okay. Okay. Originally yeah. made, 1980, 1980. They remade it a few years ago. I'm probably talking about 10 years ago now. So Clash of the Titans is loosely based on a few stories in Roman and Greek mythology. Okay, they couldn't find exactly the story, so they made their own sort of like off-beat, off-brand version of the story. And it involves a, Mark Hamill plays a human who was fathered by Zeus. The, the 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 father or the the god the main Greek god right, and mm-hmm. um, with a human woman, and Zeus always like sort of kept an eye on him. People find out that the mother had this child out of wedlock. Blah 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 blah. Throw them in the sea, and Zeus saves him and says, "Listen, you're you're destined for bigger things." Along the way, he falls in love with the princess, and the only way to get the hand of the princess is he has to complete these quests and these tasks. Okay. Yeah, and he goes on this adventure with all these different mythology, mythological characters. Included among them is he's got to tame a Pegasus. Okay, he's got to defeat Medusa. Remember Medusa? I don't know if you've ever heard of Medusa, the yeah, lady yeah, with the yeah, snake, with the snakes in her hair, the snakes in her hair, and mm-hmm. ultimately he's got to defeat the Kraken. We all say, release the Kraken. That's where it comes from. He's got to defeat the Kraken, a mythological creature, which is just wreaking havoc. And once he defeats them, he can overthrow something, something, something. Stories and then win the hand of the princess and actually take his place as, you know, a ruler Mm. with Zeus, you know. Prove that even though you're half human, you still have these powers. He gets given, Zeus gives him a, a magical sword, a helmet that makes him invisible, and then a magical shield, and off he goes on his adventures. Now, so this, now is this set in like the old mythological times, or is it set yes. in the eighties? No, set in old mythological times. Yeah. Okay, just so, checking. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, I've just looked it up because I definitely haven't seen it. And you, you were talking about Harry Hamlin, not Mark Hamill. Oh, I to correct you. You're right. You're right. That's what it's I, Harry Hamlin. It's Harry Hamlin. That's I like I, Harry Hamlin. I was a bit confused by the L.A. Law thing because that's what you said. L.A. Law. Was he in yeah. L.A. Law? I don't know. Mark Hamill's from Star Wars. Yes, yes. That's probably a Harry Hamlin. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you very okay, much. Cool. That is the I see leader. Maggie Smith is in it as well. Also in it. It's a very like nice her. cast. Very, very Love nice her. cast. Ursula Andress. Did I mention oh, her? Beautiful. Yeah. And she is Aphrodite, which makes sense because she yes. is just beautiful. Exactly. Now, the movie is set in the uh, mythological times. It is super fun, super camp, super silly. Now, one of the things about it is that it uses, it was one of the last big budget, last film of its era, because it's come back in, the last film of its era to use stop motion animation, okay? 
Now, anyone who's ever encountered stop-motion animation, it is time-consuming labor of love, but you're basically taking a creature or a character or something, moving it frame by frame and then forming it, then putting it all together. It just takes forever. And this yeah. is how they did a lot of special effects um, up until you know computers came in. And around about the time this movie was being made, the guy who was in charge of the special effects is a man called Raymond Harryhausen. Okay, now that name I got right. Sounds like I got it wrong. Raymond Harryhausen, right? Okay. He was the godfather of stop motion animation to the point he wasn't just part of the art department. He was often an executive producer on most of his movies because he'd create the characters, who they were, what they're about, and define the story. Listen to the people that he who source him as their inspiration. Steven Spielberg, Peter Jackson, Joe Dante, Tim Burton, James Cameron, Guillermo del Toro, George Lucas, John Lasseter, J.J. Uh, Abrams, and Wes Anderson. So hmm. all of wow. these guys say... You know, you know how I feel about Wes Anderson. Right? So, wow. So wow. all of them say this is the guy that um, inspired them. So Her Raymond Harryhausen, when he wants to make the movie, he's looking for a... So he goes to a few studios. They didn't like his choice of lead actor. They said, we'll fund your movie. We'll give you the budget. We've got a guy, he's an unknown Austrian bodybuilder, but he wants to get mm. into movies. Make him your lead. <laughs> like, no, no Arnold Schwarzenegger for me. I'll go to the next studio. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now, what happened at the time of this movie is that at the time they were making it, like I say, they were moving away from stop motion into CGI. So this movie released at the time, I mean, this is the roster it released with, Star Wars, Superman, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Star Trek, and The Empire Straight, St Strikes Back, plus Alien. Okay, so these movies are all now, they're using CGI, they, they're taking it to the next level, of, mm. and he's still using this very old technique. So when you actually watch them together, it is a little bit jarring, and it's a little bit stilted, but in a way, that actually adds to the mythology of it, because mm -hmm. it goes... It's supposed to look weird and off and not quite right, and and you can appreciate it a little bit for that. So, another thing in the movie also took taken inspiration from Star Wars is they created a character called Bubo. He was a little golden owl, and he would Bubo. fly Bubo, and okay. he's he a little golden owl. But basically, if R two D two from Star Wars was an owl, it'd be Bubo. So there was like a lot of criticism of saying, "Well, you've just copied R two D two to make your mm. owl." But it was the end of the era for that type of stop-motion animation. They didn't really do major big-budget stop-animation movies for quite a while after that, and then it sort of had a revival later on. Tim Burton actually um, bringing it back with uh, The Princess Bride uh, and, yeah. and, and, and uh, bringing stop-motion back. And, of course, that famous scene of the stop-motion hamburger thing in Better Off Dead with John Cusack. And there was also a little bit, oh, yes, John Cusack, so I block it out of my mind. There was also a fair I bit know. of stop motion in Beetlejuice. So you start yes. tying these little yes. threads together. Start tying mm -hmm. these little threads together from Raymond Harryhausen. So that's my movie, Clash of the Titans. Uh, I definitely haven't seen it. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, when I say I've heard of it, I've heard the expression. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know <laughs> if I've heard of the movie. <laughs> it's, it is, it is, it's silly, but it is like old theatrical Laurence Olivier in the 50s type of storytelling set in a mythical time. 
some nice animations. It Med- sounds like something I'd enjoy. I think I'll have to try and track it down. Medusa will scare the crap out of you. <laughs> you will not sleep after Medusa. You'll not well, sleep at all. I mean, I seem to remember, and maybe I'm remembering falsely because, you know, the brain does it does play tricks on you. The That old animated film, The Rescuers, yes. do you remember? The yes. Rescuers? There was a Medusa-type character in The Rescuers towards the end of the film. It, from my memory, I might be wrong. And I had nightmares for freaking years after watching that movie. Medusa as a concept is so frightening. Because mm. she also uh, didn't, because I think what she did is that she took on the form of a beautiful woman, lured you in, turned into Medusa, stared you in the eyes, you turned to stone. Yeah, I mean, I mean that whole concept. Terrifying. That whole concept is terrifying. I didn't sleep for for weeks. Okay, I'm just I'm googling it because now I'm doubting myself. Right, there is indeed a Medusa in the Rescuers, and it is exactly as I remember it. Madame Medusa, the main antagonist of Disney's 1977 animated feature film, The Rescuers. She owns a seedy pawn shop in New York City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this 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 broke my brain. I mean, think about it. 1977. So we probably got it here maybe 78, 79. I was a young child. I saw this movie on the big screen. I was scarred. It took me a moment there to realize that you were pawn as in P-A-W-N, as in not in P-O-R-N. P-A-W-N. I was like, whoa, Disney were different back then. So so listen, there's a couple of good movies there, okay? Top Secret, Clash of the Titans, The Rescuers. It's something for everyone in the family, the whole family. On That 80 Show's Movie Recommendations. Big finish that 80 show. Fun show today. <laughs> wow. Uh, so we really can talk so much rubbish for as long as we need. Inspired by David Hasselhoff. And it's mm-hmm. not done just yet. Just no. yet. What a nice article did uh, we find. I think uh, the chart savant, Barrett, um, shared this with us. Belinda Carlisle. Yeah. What a great interview. I don't know if you had the chance to read it. It is up on I our- haven't. Oh, well, let me give you some highlights here, Dory. Mm-hmm. The first thing <clears throat> I read that upsets me is that there is a Go-Go's documentary floating around that I have not seen. Huh. Hmm? How about that? So I have scoured it. It is available, it says, on Amazon, but I'm not sure if it's on our Amazon Prime. And it's about the history of the Go-Go's. And uh, Belinda Carlisle talks about her life um, with the Go-Go's and a lot of her, you know, behind-the-scenes challenges and um, the thing they say here is that no female artist has been as successful as the Go-Go's. I can't believe that. Yeah, what about Bananarama or Whitney Houston or, I mean, come well, on. As a band, as a band. So as I don't know, band. I'm, I'm going to look into that. I just scanned it, but I'm going to be like, okay, that's, that's quite interesting. Um, she talks about her, her drug problems and says that you she used that to... The, yeah. Say, Sorry, you'd think of the Bangles or Banana Rama mm. would have been up there. Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling. Carry yeah. on. Yeah. So she talks about her drug problems. She says she loved acid until she tried Coke, and then she spent all her money on Coke. <laughs> so she says, mm. I just want this all the time. I love this excess, though. After she had uh, three years off to the number one hit album, this is the Go-Go's, she spent most of her money on drugs, clothes, and of all things, a racehorse. 
which <laughs> I can get behind buying a racehorse. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can, you got that all that money, and you're like, well, I need to do something frivolous, right? What are you going to do? And, you know, they say here not to glamorize it. And, I mean, and then they go into a paragraph that totally glamorizes it. At a party for the band in New York, Liza Minnelli and Andy Warhol turned up. Rod Stewart threw a party for them in Rio. Carlisle spent much of the night driving around the city looking for cheap cocaine. And as rock legend has it, they partied so hard that even notorious Hellraiser Ozzy Osbourne once threw her out of his dressing room. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is a claim to fame. That is. Imagine. Wow. That's, Imagine. That is phenomenal stuff. Um, she also talks about her new album. And I'm surprised to learn that she is living in, uh, oh, I've just lost it now. She's living in somewhere very exotic, Bangkok. Bangkok of all places. Hmm. Um, Who knew? Very nice interview. Give that a read. The Charts of Vance said something about us having a conversation with Belinda Carlisle. Um, well, I hope he wasn't just being a teasing little scamp because that would make me very excited to speak to her. Well, you know, his little black book does does keep on giving. And what it did give us is uh, this week we spoke to Karen White of um, Secret Rendezvous, Superwoman. She's been in South Africa a few times with Brian McKnight, a hugely popular artist. What a lovely lady she was. Oh, she was so great. And I can't believe, I mean, she looks better now than she did in the 80s. And she looked damn good in the 80s. So glamorous. So yeah. glamorous. So glamorous. Uh, and so. It was actually a really cool interview. Like, I, I was like, mm, I mean, I like, I like the songs and I remember them. But I wouldn't call myself a big fan. But I'm a bigger fan now because she was just such an amazing person. Very chilled. And you'll hear it in the interview. We're going to play it out next week on That 80 Show. So look for details about that on our Facebook yeah. page, That 80 Show SA. Fun fun things happening on our Facebook page. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that Enter the Dragon. Oh, my, my God. Oh, my word. It's been going around oh, in a few word. groups, but it is a how the music changes everything, and it is a scene from Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris, and they're about to face off in a fight. But instead of the original music, they've replaced it with a version of Careless Whisper. And it is hilarious as the two of them are now taking their shirts off, flexing, flicking their hair, just so. And it's so really, I mean, like, music is really important in movies. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> like, if you had no idea, just watch that scene and you're like, and the funniest, I showed it to my husband, who is a huge kung fu movie fan. He has probably watched Enter the Dragon a hundred times. He laughed his head off. <laughs> and will never look at Enter the Dragon again. <laughs> But I'll tell you the most the most surprising thing about that scene is the man's chest hair. I mean, my God. Notoriously, Chuck Norris is a very hairy man. And <sighs> I mean that goes full. That's shoulders, back, that's sides, that is full. Lots of red hair. It looks like a chest wig. It looks so unreal. It's like he's wearing a furry jersey. That's it. It's like, Chuck, <laughs> can you please take off your jersey before you fight Bruce Lee? It's seriously gonna hamper you. <laughs> Uh, I, I enjoyed what you posted as well. Uh, mm. Funny little comic of uh, Roy Uberson. Yes. <laughs> Roy, some silliness. Silliness. If Roy, Roy Orbison was an Uber driver, anywhere you want. Uh, fun times. Check it out. All on that 80 show essay on Facebook. Karen White interview next week. Details on the Facebook page. Any lessons from today's show, Dory? Any lessons? Hmm. Today's show. Well, I'm going to have to revert back to Chuck Norris's chest hair. Mm. Mm. If you've got it, flaunt it. Even better, before you eat it, you must beat it. (laughs) 
Oh shit! Wait, I just realized what it. <laughs> we should end it there. Okay, bye, Dory. Bye. <laughs>